Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a Sunday afternoon, Monday morning. Glad that you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, the uh, former of which I am uh, I'm getting a big whiff of right now. Joel has brewed some Strange Brew and brought it with him and uh, filling the, uh, the entire office with some delicious aromas. Hazelnut. Hazelnut. It's very good. Sneakily, though, uh, Southern Pecan, mm. it is getting close to eclipsing blueberry for me. Really? It is. That's also a beer, you know. I, I've not tried the beer, yeah. but should I ever? Um, Mississippi brewed. Perhaps Southern Pecan's where I'd start. Well, there you go. So, Well, I think you need to stick to the coffee. You don't You don't strike me as... Uh, you're, you're so happy. You're such a nice guy. And I feel like you would become an angry drunk. <laughs> I, I feel like... Like, I'm an angry person, right? But when I am... I'm, I've had a few... I'm a very sociable and yeah, friendly I, person. I mean, I, I would say most days I think you, you're, you're pretty sociable without it, but I've seen you with it, and you are pretty pretty. Jolly. I feel like because you know, I, I feel like that's sort of the opposite of me. So, like you know, in vino veritas, you know. So I feel like you're such a nice guy. You would just be start dog cussing people. <laughs> you know, God forbid you watching a Braves game and somebody's like, oh, "What is he doing?" Yeah, that would not be a. Uh, I mean, like. Alcohol. People plus wouldn't know how get, to take that. Either. Alcohol plus Game Seven of last year's NLCS for yeah. me. That would not have been a good mixture. People wouldn't know how to take that. So you stick to the coffee, and I would suggest a lot of you guys need to do the same, uh, based on you know how I see you act in public and on Twitter. That said, Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew Coffee House. <laughs> then you'll get another donut. That, that strawberry filled chocolate covered donut thing they got. I got. If you're gonna break your, uh, if you're gonna you know get something that's not good for you. Get some that, if you're gonna get something that's not good for you, get something that's homemade. Like don't go buy a candy bar or, or you know, go get something that's like you, at least you know what the ingredients were. You know, flour, chocolate, strawberry. Yeah, boom. That's how I that's how I'm looking at it. I think it's a myth that it's not good for you. Okay. It's just I mean It's not healthy. Yeah. I mean Because you know, you make yourself feel better by eating it. Yeah. If it if it gives you emotional uh, it makes but your day better. The problem is when you eat 12 of them, then you feel bad because you're like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah, I mean, you can, everything in moderation. I'm going to tell you things right now. Those things are sweet. If you ate 12 of them, there's no coming down from that one, I don't think. <laughs> you, you, you would just be a frantic mess until you finally crash, and then you would fall directly asleep. Be like when, uh, be like when uh, Michael Scott ate the pretzel. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you see, for me, me not eating like donuts and stuff is not because I think it's bad for me. Right. I kind of personally have my own... I, I don't stick strict to a number for a calorie count, but I have a ballpark figure that I try and get to um, that I kind of allow myself every day, and I don't want to waste any of those calories on sweets. I, I prefer I to add another savory something. I, I know. To I, make I, understand, I understand the Coleman method. So it's it's just a... We'll see how it goes. Well, it's right. been going well for me. Thanks for asking. So, so far, so good. 
you're in pretty good shape. My my theories haven't worked at all. I'm about to be in better shape, Brian. Why is that? Because for the last year, you haven't done had, jack had, squat. Well, I've I've ran a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, but even that has kind of tapered off. But literally mm-hmm. today, before I came over here, mm-hmm. I have begun uh, the, the Iron Castle at, at, at Coleman, whatever you want to call my house. The garage is getting in into full gym mode. Okay, so I will now only have to go to my front. You know the garage. Yeah, to to, to, to pump the pump iron. some iron. Yeah, is Joel's going to pump you up? Okay, I'm down with that. Yep. So going to be coming in here swoller than ever. <laughs> you won't be swoller than Big Swole Justin Cole. Just know that. <laughs> All right, our good friends over at College Corner. Hey man, when you you know you might lose a few pounds, might need a new T-shirt, Joel. God knows I could. Might. Hopefully. Uh, and if you do, well, you know exactly where to go. If you're down in the Jackson area, they've got two locations to serve you down there. Or you can just... What on earth? I don't know. I thought my phone was silent. I guess it wasn't. It is silent. Why was that playing? Anyway, go ahead. You're sitting there throwing me off. Well, I... I two I locations to serve you in the Jackson area. CollegeCornerStore.com. New year, new gear. Get yourself some brand new maroon and white at College Corner. Our good friends at Advantage Business Systems don't know that you don't. They know that you don't want to have to pick between a business big enough to serve all your needs and small enough to give you the service you're looking for. That's why you should go with Advantage Business Systems because they cover both of those things. They are a local business, a Mississippi business. They've been doing business in this state, and they keep their dollars in this state when they spend money as well. You should do the same. So call Advantage Business Business Systems today at six zero one. 362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Let's start with basketball today. One game winning streak. We won one game. If we win another, that's what they call a winning streak. Um, I thought State played pretty well on Saturday. Um, I don't know that much about South Carolina other than I had no idea why they kept showing the bald guy until midway through the second half when I realized, oh my God, that's Frank Martin. Yeah, looks nothing like him, does it? Yeah. Al- does he have alopecia? Is that what it is? Yeah, something like that. So I hope he's is. okay. I, I like Frank Martin. Always the, the biggest change between what you see on the, on the court and then what we got in the press conference is Frank Martin. Just rips his team a new one every five seconds on, on the basketball court. Then you get him in the press conference and he was the most professional Answered all of your questions. Uh, was very thoughtful. So I hope he's doing all right. I don't. I don't know more than just the this his appearance. Than is, is all I know about. So, but that said, it goes to show how little college basketball I've watched that I knew nothing about you know, that. Until I was. Yesterday. I kept wondering, like, why do they keep showing this dude? Who is that? And then I realized it's like, is that? And then I did a quick Google search. I was like, it is. So seventy five fifty nine Bulldogs. Uh, State led by, I think, as many as 18 in this game. Uh, just a dominant performance up and down the court. Um, DJ Stewart and Iverson Molinar, obviously you know, the, the, the ringleaders of all that, uh, played really, really well. You want to know a, uh, you want to know a uh, pet peeve of mine? Sure. When I Google Mississippi State-South Carolina basketball, the second link is Mississippi State versus South, South Carolina game summary from ESPN.com. I click on the link, and it's a game from the women's game. No, no, it's 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 the men's game from last year. 
Well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why is that a thing? Why would you not go with the most recent? Why would that not be the most recent thing? I, 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 I That's just one of those things that just drives me insane. All right. Let's get it again. Uh, 75-59 was the final score. DJ Stewart, a huge day for him. Uh, 29 points, 10 of 17 shooting. Uh, Iverson Molinar chips in 16 of his own. Derek Fountain with nine points off the bench. Didn't see Jalen Johnson in this game. I didn't do the post-game press conference. Did you? I did. I asked did, him. Did, did injured or just didn't play? Said he was available, just didn't play. So coach's decision. So he's sort of fallen out of favor. Very Kinda interesting. Kind of seems like it. Kind of seems like it. And Ben really likes the combination that uh, that Fountain gives him, both defensively and offensively. He's more of a well-rounded Well, I'm down guy. for that. Yeah. Because, I, 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 you know, I've been saying all along, I thought that I mean, Fountain I, lo- played, I love Cam Mountain. Fountain, Fountain played 29, 29 minutes. minutes. And before yesterday... Played as many minutes as Molinar did. Before Saturday, he hadn't played Probably more than ten minutes. 10 minutes in any game. Yeah. And that was in the Arkansas game prior to that. And prior to that game, he hadn't played more than five minutes in any game. Right. So, yeah. And Howland said in the post game that Derek Fountain, there was a point earlier in the year where he wasn't even like the top 10 on the roster. Yeah. And now he's playing, I think, six, good. sixth most in minutes. That's good, too. Well, I mean, he had more minutes. He had the same amount of minutes as Davon Smith and Molinar. He had fewer minutes than DJ, obviously. He had more minutes than Tolu Smith and Abdullah Adu. Yeah. So, so, yeah, 29 minutes for him, three or four shooting, four rebounds, couple of assists, couple of blocks, a steal, a very good line for him. Davon Smith, a much better line for him than that really bad Arkansas game. Eight points, not great shooting, three of 12, but now, six Arkansas rebounds. Arkansas game is bad for everybody. It's bad, bad for, for DJ. Yeah, six six uh, rebounds, five assists uh, for him. Adu gets you seven points. Uh, I'm sorry, seven rebounds. Tolu Smith, nine and eight. It's almost a double-double for him. But State, maybe it's best three-point shooting effort of the season. Uh, Ten of 19 from behind the arc. And they held South Carolina to five of 25 shooting from behind the arc. And still only 19 of 61. Turnovers are still an issue. 20, uh, 21 turnovers for the Bulldogs. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how to fix that. I, I just don't know at this point. And it's weird. It's like it's only become a problem the last like two or three games. Before that, they were it was like thirteen turnovers a game, smack dab in the middle, little 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 the good side, and these last I mean they they turned the ball over forty seven times in the last two games. That's it's hard to believe they walked out of either game with a win. Yeah, you, you say it hadn't been an issue, but Ben Howland's been harping on that for the last three weeks. Well, I mean he's a basketball coach. I don't have a problem. I mean turnovers are something he's always going to harp on. Yeah, but it hasn't been this noticeable. You know, you have fifteen, sixteen turnovers. That that's a you know. It's a little high. You have twelve or thirteen. That's not a bad game. You have twenty six and twenty one. That's a problem. You're in you're yep. in problem areas there. Um, but defensively, state was very good. Like I said, they held into the Gamecocks at thirty one percent shooting. This is two back. In really at reality, this is back to back really good defensive games for state. The problem was against Arkansas. They couldn't get shots to fall. They really defensively they played well enough to be two and zero this week. Yeah. And defensively, at times this year, they've played well enough to be to have four more wins. And those would be Texas A&M. Even the Ole Miss game, they only gave up 64 points. They just couldn't make shots. And that's, again, we've said it a few times, Joel, that the story of this season isn't the wins, it's the losses. It's, you know, even if – I would go so far as to say if they had beaten Ole Miss and they were 12-8 and eight and what they would be uh, – Six and five. Six and five. I think everybody's pleased as, pl- as punch. But because you lost that game, and in the way you lost it, it's just difficult to get – nobody's going to get back on board. You know, state's next game is a uh, a Wednesday night eight. O'clock. So Wednesday night's always always a bad night for college basketball in this state anyway, because so many people go to church on Wednesday night. Then you make it an eight o'clock tip. I mean, 
It's just not going to be a, a big crowd at the hump. Even if there could be a big crowd, there wouldn't be a big crowd at the hump. But, you know, I was worried on uh, after Tuesday's game that there was a little bit of give up. A little bit of, you know, this isn't going anywhere. I feel like you, you feel like they bounced back again. Another, another bounce back win. There's the best three of them this season. Well, it's another feather in the hat that you can put with this team and say, you know what, I think in, in the long term, looking ahead to next year, I think they'll be okay. I don't know how good okay becomes. I mean, maybe Mullinor and Stewart do stick around, and then you see, like, Davon Smith and Derek Fountain take another step forward, and um, maybe they're really good next year. Uh, they apparently do have good attitudes and bounce back well. And I mean, we've heard Howland praise their maturity all year long, um, and, and they show it time and time again. Uh, to me, this season has kind of become all about next year, hasn't it? Like, it, yeah. this, this year's going nowhere. Well, I mean, apart from a run in the SEC tournament, the best you can hope for is NIT, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, Can't so imagine it, this team would accept a CBI invite. So it's become all about Davon Smith taking strides forward and, mm-hmm. and Derek Fountain continuing to establish himself. So are we sort of at the same point we were maybe after the Alabama game in football? A little bit, yeah. Let's, you know, let's see what I the freshmen so. can do. Because, look, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'll be totally wrong. I don't think Howland's going anywhere unless I he agree. decides on his own he's going to. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Um, and, and so, to me, it, it's all about making sure next year, when Howland will very much be on the hot seat next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about right. that. Right. I agree. Uh, to me, this year – the remainder of it is all about continuing to show and establish and develop the things that will make next year successful. And I think you saw on Saturday, whether it was Fountain or Davon Smith or just the attitude they had or just, you know, DJ Stewart being a star, you, you saw several of the things that if you choose to sunshine pump, you can easily look at this team and say, yeah, this year's been a little bit of a roller coaster, but it's kind of been a roller coaster for everybody in a COVID year, and it's been kind of crazy. You can certainly see the makings of what could be a promising next season. I, I, I want to sort of go back a little bit where I said, you know, this season is more about the, the not the wins but the losses. I think this season is also a little bit about last season as well. If state if the season had gotten canceled, would state comfortably in the NCAA tournament? People would look at things and go, okay, well, he lost Perry, Woodard, Carter, Weatherspoon. All right, he's going to have to take a step back. Yeah, realistically, when you look at this team and they lost their top four scorers. You think, oh, they're going to take a step back. Yeah. But because they underachieved last year, people are just antsy. And because they underachieved and then you saw glimpses of, man, they may overachieve this year. Right. I mean. Again, so it's about the losses, not about the wins. Yeah. You know, they, they could easily, easily have. I would say three more wins. I mean, that Missouri team that State beat yeah. just beat Alabama. I'm not even talking about Ole Miss either. I'm talking about they could have beaten Kentucky. They could have, they, they, I'll, I'll, I'll go as far as to say should. They should have beaten Kentucky. They and should have beaten Texas A&M. And they could have beaten Tennessee. I mean, Ole Miss lost by double digits. I'm not going to say they, they could have won that. But they could have had three more wins. And I mean, like I said, go back to what I you know I said if they're 12-8. and eight. Well, what if they were 14-6? and six? Or fourteen and five, or whatever it would be. I mean, you this team people would be thrilled. Oh yeah, absolutely. You'd be on the bubble. You'd be on the bubble if you were fourteen and if you had fourteen wins right now. Uh, as it is, you don't. So yeah, it's just it's just such a it's just such a process with Howland. It, it's just it's just never easy. Everything sort of drags, and it's 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 it, it, it. 
the, the team just struggles putting wins together for the most part. Yeah. You know, when's, has this team, you know, in conference play ever had a three-game winning streak under Howland, a four-game winning streak, anything like that? I don't know. It's possible they have, but I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I know. A few years ago, they lost a bunch of SEC games in a row to start the year, and yeah. then they had they got red hot. There they got hot, while. but so I, mean, I, I think it was a bunch of like win two, lose one, win three, lose. You know. If he could somehow string together three or four wins, I mean, you know, you have a chance. LSU's not great. Have a chance there, and then Vanderbilt comes to town. You have a chance for a three-game winning streak. You know, and running out of home games too. I mean, so you know, you look through these standings, though, man. Oh, the, like everybody, they talked about a game every, yesterday. State's like a half game or a game out of that out of the double bye. I know. I. Because nobody in the conference is any I mean, good. Outside Alabama's of Alabama. ten and one, and yeah. then after that, Missouri six and three. Who you beat? Yeah. And then it's you're like two a bunch games of behind them. a bunch of six and four. Yeah. So you're two games out of uh, you're two games out of second. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. That's that the conference has got a lot of parity. I don't. I wouldn't say the conference got a lot of parity this year. That would make you think there's a bunch of good teams. There's a bunch of bad teams. You know, Missouri and Tennessee will end up being high seeds in the NCAA tournament, but I don't see them making a big run. I mean, Alabama's the only team in this conference I have any faith in. From. Let, from the three spot or the two spot in, in is Missouri, they're six mm-hmm. and three. From the two spot all the way down to right. Kentucky, tenth. who is in the tenth spot, yeah. everybody is from six and three to four and six. Yeah, everybody's within a couple games of each other. It's so, crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, it, and if games continue to get canceled, state has a real shot to you know as long as they aren't one of them to get into that that top four. Crazy enough, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, Mississippi State basketball, good win for them this weekend. Back at it uh, Wednesday, 8 p.m. tip. You going to be at that? Or we'll... Yeah, I'll be okay. there. Well, that'll be uh, uh, one of those days for us, I guess. Uh, let's move on over. We're talking a little baseball here on the podcast. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. You know, when baseball starts up, I would think Welcome Home Beef should be high on your shopping list. You're going to definitely want to put some Welcome Home Beef burgers, Welcome Home Beef steaks out there on the grill if you're one of those guys out there in the uh, – in the lounge and this baseball season. If you're not, you can't make it. Hey, well, welcome home beef at home. I promise you it's just as good. Well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. It probably would taste a little better in the ballpark. It's because ballpark food tastes better everywhere you go. So, uh, and of course, don't forget, any a lot of stops here in North Mississippi are, are going to be selling welcome home beef at the grocery store uh, by the end of this month. Let's go over those one more time. They're at the uh, Pilgrim's Pride in DeKalb. The Price Cutter in Pontotoc, Gardner Supermarket in Corinth. They're at Piggly Wiggly in Olive Branch, Batesville, Collinsville. They are at Reed's Market in New Albany and Valhalla. And here in Starkville and in Louisville, they are at Val's. So it's not just about going to Welcome Home Beef and, and, and having to shop online. You're starting to be able to get it in your own local grocery stores, and that's a great thing. So if you are here in Starkville, if you want to place a large order for shipping, call them at 662 268 8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com and I promise you one thing when you put welcome home beef on the grill it just tastes good speaking of things to do for baseball this baseball season you are definitely want to go ahead over to two brothers to get some of that great southern soul food with a funky fusion nothing better for pregame than sitting out there on the porch on a uh, warm spring afternoon having a couple of cold ones having some great food and then heading over I mean you can walk to Duty Noble if they if they you know or they can roll you there it depends on how much you eat <laughs> one thing or the other and of course if you're wanting to put together a, a, a tailgating package for baseball two brothers can take care of that for you as well as we well know as we we have been fed a two brothers tailgate package before and it was fantastic and if a certain uh, head coach if he happens to be man, listening if he happens to be listening we're up for it again we're always up for it so 
Uh, so, yeah, head over to Two Brothers at 621 University Drive. Pick out something to eat. Pick out one of their craft cocktails, one of their one of their expansive beer list beers. They got a lot of good stuff going on there. Check them out this baseball season at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Joel, you've got uh, a couple of position battles, or three position battles, for baseball that you, you, you have your eye on. So if I got them right, third base, catcher, and left field, is that accurate? Yeah, that is. And, and catcher, I, I don't know if position battle is the right way to term that because, I mean, at catcher, you're probably going to use two guys there anyway. Yeah, but and one guy is the guy. Though. One guy is typically the guy, and, and, and I think Logan Tanner would have that edge. I think this is the, probably the position battle where State has the most confidence that either guy is going to be successful. Yeah, and the other we've one seen may enough be from Luke, Han- Luke Hancock to know he's a great hitter. Yeah. So, And then Logan Tanner provides – I think he provides a little more pop. Uh, it, it seems that way. Um, and I think Logan Tanner last year in particular was – a little better defensively because Luke was a little banged up. So, I mean, I, I feel like Tanner's definitely got the edge there to, if you want to call one of them the primary catcher, I would guess that'd be Logan Tanner. Um, we'll see how the, how the season plays out. Um, I, I do think you'll see Luke Hancock DHing some possibly, and uh, I mean, it's always kind of an iffy situation, you know, DH a catcher play a catcher because if your catcher gets hurt then you may lose the dh but right. you have case garner sitting there too um that could catch some so maybe it's not as big a deal if you, if you feel like that third guy um gives you some ability to hop in there at catcher and you could still keep your luke hancock or whoever at dh um but yeah third and left field is really where i i think the two primary it's interesting that's the two they're right next to each other yeah that's, um, i mean that's something you know they talk about being strong up the middle, but being strong if you're weak down one line, that's a problem. <laughs> and I think it could go a, a bunch of different ways. I mean, in my mind, in my mind, Kellen Clark has kind of been the favorite to maybe win that third base job. Feels but like that's may, the highest I'm, ceiling guy. Maybe I'm stupid. Am I stupid to, to think that? I mean, he's a guy that in high school played a lot that, of first no. base, and you got a guy like uh, Landon Jordan mm-hmm. that's sitting there has been around forever. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy for feeling that way. But I kind of feel like on opening day, down in the great state of Texas, uh, the Lone Star State, I kind of feel like Kellen Clark will be the guy. But I don't know that he – I mean, he's going to have to establish himself as the guy. You know, I don't think it's just going to be a – No, it's not going to be – Hey, kid, yours. Yeah. <laughs> but I think – don't you feel like that's the highest ceiling guy at it, that position? It feels like – because with, with Landon Jordan, I feel like, look, he's a good player, but you kind of know what you got at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, he's been around for three years, and – um, I mean, sure, everybody has the opportunity, the potential to have breakout seasons, and, and Landon Jordan could sure do that. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have a better gauge of what he is, and you look at a guy like Kellen Clark. Again, more pop, I feel. It, it, you, you feel like it. Uh, well, I, mean, I say that. I mean, he's never hit college pitching before, but he, he's got the frame and he's got the ability, I think, to be a power hitter. Yeah, and then I, I guess maybe if – I don't know what his glove looks like, just yet at third base, but you're running an opportunity there. Maybe you let him DH. Yeah. And and then Landon Jordan or Tanner Leggett or some of these other guys mm-hmm. could could play play defensively at third. Yeah. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh left field's interesting though. I mean because okay. Brandon Pimentel. Feels like that's the biggest X factor for this team. If he becomes a, a true power threat and can nail down that job and, and sort of solidify the middle of the batting order got a lot to work with in there. But if he is what he is last year, he can't play. 
Yeah, it looked ugly at times last year. There's just no other. He really way to had say just it. one moment. I mean, yeah, the, the great home run against—I mean, he crushed that ball against Oregon State. The, the strikeouts piled up. It was almost yeah. like he couldn't hit a lefty at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so maybe it's a situation where you, you know, do a little platoon type deal, and maybe Brad Cumbest is in left field on on days when you're facing a left-hander. Um, Braylon Skinner, guy that continually gets mentioned. Um, is in that mix there at left field. Uh, reading some of the fine folks over at Gene's Page's scrimmage coverage um, over the weekend, uh, for the Saturday scrimmage, I think Skinner played some center field. You wonder if that's uh, something that's possible at some point. Maybe Skinner plays center, and you could move Rowdy Jordan back over to left where he you know, was a, when Mangum was here. Yeah. Um, is that something that makes you better defensively to – to put Rowdy back in the corner, That's an interesting Skinner thought. Cover more ground in center. The, the thought of Rowdy Jordan not being in center had not entered my mind. Well, and, and it, last year or last week, excuse me, we had some media day stuff, and Rowdy was like, "No, I'm, I'm playing center." So, I mean, unless something has changed over the last six days or so, yeah, Rowdy Jordan's going to be your center fielder, um, and it kind of seems like that's well established. But uh, maybe Skinner, you know. Shows enough defensively to, to think that, you know, like late in the games, maybe you start Pimentel and left and you Defensive get a, to a run late. Yeah, later in the game, does it make you better defensively if you throw Skinner in center field, shift Jordan to left, take Pimentel out of the game kind of thing? Or mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, maybe Braylon just comes in and takes Pimentel's spot in left field. Calls it he's a day. So I, there's a lot of different things you can do there. Um, but to me, Left like this, field, third feels base. Feels like based on what you're saying to me, that left field is a bigger question, much bigger question mark for you than third base is. You sort of narrowed it down to two guys, and you feel good about both of them at third. Whereas left field, it feels like everything's sort of up in the air. Yeah, it really does kind of feel that way. I mean, it feels like like if you told me that eventually Brad Cumbus established himself as the guy, yeah. I'm not totally shocked by that. Right. If you told me Pimentel in year two. The stage he was a little more familiar with it and, and showed his potential, and he established himself as the guy. I'm not really shocked with that either. Um, I, I do kind of feel like that it could go a, a number of different ways. And whereas at third, I almost feel like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm underselling Tanner Leggett a little bit, but I just feel like it's going to be Landon Jordan or Kellen Clark one. Mm-hmm. And then the one that's not, you could very well see DH in a lot. I, I feel yeah. like one of those two is going to be in the lineup, or at least get the potential to be in the lineup a lot early on. And what's – you know, hurts, I guess, for Mississippi State is there's no time to figure all this out in a soft opening, basically. You know, yeah. you're, you're going right into the deep end with this this tournament out there in Texas. Yeah. And it kind of, do you, you look around the rest of the diamond, man. I feel like for, We're pretty solid. for a year, you've kind of na- known now yeah. what the rest of that line is. You knew Hatcher's was. at first, DeBrule's at second, uh, James is going to be at short. Like I so said, we, we have an idea who's going to be at third and behind the plate. Yeah. I know that Hatcher and uh, – I'm sorry, that uh, Allen and, and Jordan have got two of the uh, the outfield spots. Yeah. And and it's just left. It's just a matter of how do you line them up on that particular day. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Rowdy will probably lead off or, or, or DeBrule. Or DeBrule. You know, even even Lamonis and talking about it back this past week, he was talking about juggling that lineup and how do you line them up. Even he wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a little bit of a work in progress, I would think, the first couple of weeks, I would think. Because this is sort of the same thing that, I'll, you know, it's a good problem to have, but everybody else has it. There's just so much talent. You know, you've got so many guys, and it's going to, you know, it's going to be on you as the, the coach to find the right mix, but it's going to be on the players as well to, you know, to say, hey, I might, you know, I need to stay locked in even though I'm not starting today. Because everybody's going to have opportunities, I would think. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I'll be interested how they line up. I'll tell you what, man. If Scotty DeBrule is an on-base machine that he he was prior to arriving at Mississippi State, it'd be awful tempting to put Rowdy and uh, DeBrule 1-2 because you would feel like one of those two guys are getting on base. And then just line them up after that, man. I mean, Tanner Allen, Hatcher. Um, I feel like Cameron James is somewhere in the heart of that order now. And uh, you figure it out from there. You, you yeah. feel like on down in the orders where you'd have a Kellum Clark and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, until he establishes himself, I, I would think Pimentel's probably hitting somewhere like six, seven, sixth seven, on down seven, or something. Eight, something six, like seven, that, yeah. eight. Uh, we'll, we'll see how they end up lining it up. But you would feel really good about the potential of this offense if DeBrule is the on base machine that he was prior to getting here and Rowdy Jordan, who he's kind of been streaky. Or, or a slow starter sometimes over the course of his Mississippi State career. If he if he starts out hot and DeBrule is what he's been before getting here, and you got those guys on base all the time, mm-hmm. then the question marks that I've kind of had about this offense, I don't think I have them anymore. Because if those guys are getting on in front of Tanner and Hatch, and you know you got Logan Tanner hitting down there somewhere, <laughs> you feel like this offense is going to do plenty. And it, it doesn't have to be a world beater, I don't think, with the arms you've got on this team. Uh, it's just got to be average. You know, we, we talked back during football season about how the defense, it didn't have to be a top 20 type defense. You know, yeah. ne- next season you feel like if it's just, you know, 20 to 40, somewhere in there, it'll yeah. be fine. Well, I kind of feel like that about Mississippi State's batting order in their, in their offense this year for baseball season. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be one of the best offenses in the country given what you think you've got with your arms. So Yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll see if they can do just I agree. They don't. They, yeah, they don't have to put nine, ten runs on the board every game. But they, you know, they get four. If they get four or five, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, there's no question about that. All right, uh, tomorrow's show. Not sure just yet. We'll figure all that out as we go, and uh, we'll talk to you then. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.